Welcome. You're listening to the Bush Wanderlust podcast with hosts Ali Smith and Katie Watson. Buckle in as these two birds from the bush take you on a road trip. Around the Narrabri region in northwest New South Wales, Ali and Katie will introduce you to the lovable locals. Everyone is really down to earth and so welcoming. Just call him and enjoy yourself. Cheers. Cheers. And explore all the magnificent wonders right here in Australia's backyard. He's, he's a big sucker, 10 to 15 centimetres long and bright pink. They're just a fascinating animal, you know. Who would put a pink slug on top of a mountain? As the locals say, just you, five million stars, a mountain range and a yowie. It's time to hit the road. So we're third generation farmers. So, so Grandpa was a soldier settlement block. Grandpa came back from the war and, and started up farming and then dad came along in in 49 and then us boys and um it's it's great and part of the reason why i love farming is the nostalgia of of working with your brothers from an early age like we come back from from boarding school and dad would be like right up up irrigating wrap irrigating we'd all be out there together and it's definitely that family connection you'd be cotton chipping you you've all got your hoe each walking down the the lines of the cotton or you're mustering cattle and and we did it all together and you know, those memories of being out there with, with your brothers and a lot of banter going on between you. It's, it was, yeah. And I think that connection you have to the land through the family, it's a strong bond. But I think, if anything, this, this drought probably, for a good thing, has opened people's eyes up. On today's episode, Ali and I are hitting the streets of Narrabri to indulge in a little retail therapy. But before embarking on the shops, we are definitely going to need a caffeine hit. Thankfully, there's a farmer we know from Spring Plains who can help us out with a delicious coffee fix. Today, we are lucky enough to introduce you to the dynamic husband and wife duo, Dave and Martina Boyle. Just a few years ago, Davo was a full-time farmer, hard at work on his family's property where he grew up as one of four brothers. But today, you'll find Davo behind a fancy coffee machine brewing up lattes and cappuccinos. He's quite literally gone from paddock to serving plates. And Davo is a shining example of how adaptable, innovative and resilient farmers in the Narrabri region can be when times get tough, especially during drought. The twist is, Dave set up his coffee and produce store Yield out the back of Marvel Designs, which is a fashion and lifestyle boutique owned by his ever-stylish wife, Martina. Davo and Marty also have two adorable daughters, and despite the fact they're probably two of the busiest people we know, when we had a few technical glitches and roadwork noises in the background while recording this interview, they were both more than happy to do a retake and stop and start. What absolute legends. So how do these two lovable locals make it work? Well, we're about to find out. Welcome to the Bush Wanderlust podcast, Dave and Marty. Thanks for having us Thanks, on, girls. girls. For round two. Yeah, yes. round two. We have yeah. to say a huge thank you because um, this is round two for you guys. Thank you. No pressure on us to get it technically correct this time, but you are so nice. So thanks. For thank welcome. Dave, let's start with you. You were born and bred on a cotton, grain and livestock property 30 k's from Weewar. And Marty, you hail from just outside of Gunnedah. How did you two meet and when did the Dave and Marty love story begin? (laughs) So we met at uni. 
I thought Dave was so hot and <laughs> <laughs> we um we both ended up at the Stro, which is quite a seedy pub in Armadale. Yeah, it was the uni. It was, it the, was uni. the uni pub. Anyway, a friend pushed us into each other, so we were dancing, and I thought Dave came in for a big kiss, and I just slapped one on him. But later I realised he was coming in to ask me my name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, actually. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, he's so forward. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it was funny because the start of that night we had something called Punch Club, which, which was like a club where you mix punch, and me and Marty happened to be in it together so you kind of get invites and get invited to these uni clubs and i think the theme that night was tight and bright so i think i was wearing a netball skirt and a tight top yeah from memory i think the boys made like the seniors make you dress up so i wasn't <laughs> expecting to pick up i wasn't you know i had no ambitions that and night you still to do thought anything. he was hot yeah buddy. maybe i hope it wasn't what i was wearing but yeah <laughs> but it was uh it was, yeah, I was pretty stoked because I, uh, I was keen on Marty. I haven't told you that, but I was very keen on Marty before it. So, yeah, a long time ago. But yeah, we were 19. I won't tell yeah. you how old we are now, but we've been together for 15 years. Yeah. When Marty went in for the kiss, what oh, did you think? Oh, I think I was still talking, actually. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> caught me by surprise. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I definitely went with it. I'm happy, happy to, did you kiss yeah. her back? Yeah, yeah, I was, okay. I was all for it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's worked out in the end anyway, so thanks We're for kissing me, Marty. Yeah. Marty, you are probably one of the most glamorous people. You're always immaculately dressed. But I remember the first time I was at the pub with you, you ordered a rum and coke, oh. and it just wasn't what I expected. <laughs> it wasn't right. Is that what you used to drink on the Dirty DF? Used to. I, still, I still do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> All my friends that have had weddings, I do sneak my rum in. So has to be a can too, by the way. Can't yep. be a bottle. Even at Katie's to... wedding, <laughs> I had a few. That's true. I remember that. I, I remember anyway, walking down the aisle yeah. and looking around no at Marty with her little can that. of black rat. Yeah. <laughs> when did you guys get married? Oh, good question. Actually, I had to engrave it on my ring because I kept forgetting. We've lost. We've made one wedding anniversary, haven't we? Uh, 2015. The 16th of October, 2015. Oh. I had to wait a really long time. <laughs> it was like, yeah. the longer I wait, the bigger the rock gets, Dave. So then he quickly pulled one out. Is it a big sparkling rock? No, probably. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it was good. It was just a small wedding, but yeah. Yeah, we just had immediate family. It was perfect. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Chilled. Very chilled. Now you guys have a beautiful family and you run successful businesses, but Marty, you were a school teacher. I know. What made you switch and decide to open up a boutique? So I was teaching for four and a half years and right through teaching, I was always making jewellery on the side, loved it. And then my dad had this shop in Gunnedah and it was vacant. So over Christmas, I was like decked it out in all my jewellery and I, I couldn't keep up with making it at night times. It just kept going. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I've always loved fashion and homes and everything interiors. So I um, I thought, look, what have I got to lose? I'll, I'll set up a little store and, and see how it goes. And it, it just it worked. Grew into two yeah, stores. Yeah, I, I knew I always had teaching to go back to if something didn't work out. And, yeah, it just it grew. Does Marvel celebrate, did you say, is it 10 years? This 10 years, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. So it's gone really wow. fast, yeah. 
And Dave, you were working on your family farm with your mum, dad and brother Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what made you transition from farmer to barista? Oh, look, it was definitely, I guess, the drought. It was, it was pretty crippling. Yes. The last five years, I guess. We've never really seen a stretch like that. Well, not in my lifetime anyway. And um, it was like you're just kicking dust by the end and you go to work with your blinkers on. You think, right, I will get through the day, we'll do this. And with no real income, no side of income either. That was the big thing at the end of the day. And, and not being productive, I think, it, it's a big kick, kick in the gut. So that's why I guess we're in a lucky region too. Like we're like, what else can we do? Like you need an auxiliary income after this. Like if we ever want to get back to the farm, we need to find something else we can do. And um, Narrabri's really lucky. You've, you've got things that the drought really doesn't affect. We've got mines, we've got You've got your ag research mobs. There's, there's a lot of industry here. But um, I just wanted to walk away um, for a bit and do something that has become an essential item where, you know, if anything, if there's a drought on, it's probably going to pick up. And that was coffee. And um, we, we, me and Marty, we've always loved our coffees. And I guess it was a big thing for Marvel too because we thought if it's a drought on the farm, it's going to be a drought in the shop very shortly. And we wanted people to come through the shop. We wanted to make people come to the shop. And that's why we put Yield at the back of Marvel. There's a lot more feet through the door than there ever was. It's great. It's like it's added another, I guess, complete separate business. But um, we had options. There was the mines we could have gone to. And we had a lot of farmer friends from around us who, I guess, were in the same position and have ended up in the mines and, and are still in the mines, even though farming's probably kicked on a little bit from where it is. I wouldn't say we're out of the drought, but we're definitely... Seems like we're we're on the way of getting there, and um, it's a great option we've got, which other country towns don't have. But we wanted to drought proof Marvel, and that's what we wanted to do. And it was a bit of a vision we had years ago, but we'd never really had the time to do it. And um, no, look, I've loved it. It's been brilliant. It's very different to farming. And so I think you get a more different job. So farming, you're sitting on a tractor for hours and on end, long hours, not talking to anyone, and you throw yourself in the barista lifestyle and, and it's just everyone you're hearing like, yeah, chatting to everyone. And, and that was a huge difference that that was the hardest transition because, yeah, you're, you're going from, you know, it's, it's great, you're sitting on a tractor listening to talkback radio all day or, or what you're doing sometimes. You're irrigating but there's it's a lot of different things and you come into to being a barista, you're pouring coffees and it's non-stop. It's like being at the pub. That's what I felt like at the end of it. Chatting It's like a day. big night at the pub because you're chatting all night. And I guess being on a farm, you really want – you're isolated, so you really want to catch up with people and talk to people all the time. And, um, yeah, it's completely different there. Yeah, I got my wish a little bit. You're in there. You're thrown in in the limelight. Everyone's coming in and it's, it's great. But, um, yeah. To rewind, I guess, a bit to growing up on the farm – Tell me about that because where you were working is also the farm where you grew up yep. as one of four boys. I can imagine it must have been pretty chaotic for your mum and dad. But was that a childhood, Davo, that you loved being part of a big family in the bush? Look, it is good. And that's what I guess part of the reason why I love farming is the nostalgia of of working with your brothers from an early age. Like we come back from, from boarding school and dad would be like, right up, up irrigating, rap irrigating, we'd all be out there together. And it's definitely that family connection. You'd be cotton chipping, you, you've all got your hoe each walking down the, the lines of the cotton or you're mustering cattle and, and we did it all together. And, and I guess part of the big connection I've got with the farm is, is a family connection. You're, um, you know, those memories of being out there with, with your brothers and a lot of banter going on between you. It's, it was, yeah, 
It's I know, good. your poor mum. Yeah, yeah, she was <laughs> That's blessed, <a> wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about her, that's hectic. Yeah, yeah, no, mum, mum, no one forgets mum's birthday, put it that way. She's the one birthday everyone remembers. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Your lovely mum was in the other day and you were making her a coffee. Having worked on the farm with Mikey, your brother is yep. out there, your dad's out there. Have they been pretty proud and impressed with what uh, you've done? Yeah, look, and they make they make sure they all they all tell me um, how proud they are. But it was just it was a decision we had to make. Like, um, it was funny. Mikey was looking at jobs. I was looking at jobs at the time because we realised that there just wasn't room for three of you. Like, when wages become your biggest cost on a farm, there's something wrong, and that that's what was going on. And thought, you know, what what a better time to do it? I've got a, a young family at home. Marty was pregnant with our second baby and I thought, you know what, I'm happy to make the move and, and I've loved it and, yeah, I've really enjoyed the time we've had had together. It's been um, it's been brilliant. I've get, got to watch, you know, take the kids to daycare, um, take them down to the park in the afternoons and all these things I probably would have missed out on but, yeah, I, it, it's been good and they have been so supportive of the family. Yeah, they make, they make sure they don't. They don't stray from my coffee shop, no. <laughs> Mikey did a shift, didn't he, your brother? He's done a couple of shifts oh, and it's funny. So this is this is one thing you've got to be pretty pretty careful of. Like, you know when someone comes up, there's something I battle with and you're not sure what their name is, but you should know them and they know you. They're like, g'day, Dave. <laughs> anyway, I'm calling a lot of people mate and <laughs> that's one thing, Marty, mum, they're like, you can't call people mate all the time. What if it's a girl? I'm like, okay, yep. So now I'm all right, but Mike came into a shift with us and he was having a big chat to someone and um, asking him kind of for 10 minutes, you know, what they're doing, stuff like that. And the bloke's like, mate, I don't think I know who you are. <laughs> Mike thought he was something completely, someone completely <laughs> different. So, uh, yeah, you've just got to hold your tongue a little bit. If you're unsure, just don't say anything. Um, yeah. Tips for hospitality. Tips for hospitality. <laughs> Dave, you're our farmer representative on the podcast. Yeah. I'd love to get a little snapshot of what life as a farmer is like because we spoke about how it's not a nine-to-five gig. Yep. Not quite like McLeod's daughters. <laughs> What's it like being a farmer in the Narrabri region? Look, it's um, what I probably loved about being a farmer is you, you go to work and no day is the same as the next. And, and I think the, um, the range in your job, one morning you're, you're doing cattle work, then you're on a tractor, then you're irrigating and um, there's always something, there's always something broken down. So something to, to do and that's what I loved about it. I was a banker before I did farming and it felt like, um, you know, I love banking and I learned a lot but you had a, a pile full of paper on your desk and at the end of the day that pile was about an inch shorter and that was your day whereas farming you can look back and look across, you know, you're growing a, a crop from a seed to a beautiful crop and harvesting it. You can see it from start to finish and that's what I, I loved. I loved, um, yeah, looking back and seeing what you've done and appreciating all the hard work you put in. But, yeah, yeah, it's a very hands-on job and, and time intensive, as you say, um, early mornings and, and back late sometimes. So it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle thing and a family thing. It's, um, yeah, a brilliant job. What generation yeah. were you, I should also ask? So we're third generation farmers. So, so Grandpa was a soldier settlement block, crew by Woods. And, um, yeah, Grandpa came back from the war and, and started up farming and then and Dad came along in, in 49 and then us boys and um, it's, it's great. And I think that connection you have to the land through the family is, um, yeah, it's a strong bond. But I think, if anything, this, this drought probably... Um, for a good thing, 
has opened people's eyes up and taken, um, I guess, the emotion out. Like it's less emotive, and, and we've definitely seen it more of a, as a business than a than a family farm, which I think is very important to a lot of people to actually look at it through those eyes. Yeah, and, and we looked at looked at the numbers and thought, you know, for these for, to be a new age farmer, there has to be an auxiliary income, like to get through. If there's another drought like this one we've gone through, you have to have a backup. You can't you can't just I don't know go through another five or six years of that again without something else. Do you think that perspective is because you went and did something else other than farming? You went and worked in banking or where does that come from? I, I think most of it was generated from that drought. Yeah. There's a lot of people that were just done, done after it. And um, I had one mate, good mate who, who, who like, well, a lot of mates who have just left and then come back the last year or, or have just stayed out. But um, And yeah, I think you're seeing... There's a few farms like the last month that have come up for sale that you probably wouldn't have expected people to sell and I think people just want to end on a good, good year and, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely been generated from the, from the drought. That's Yeah, it was, it was a tough drought to just, get through. Just the toll that it took. It, it did, yeah. Yeah, it was and it was like every day it was kind of the same. Like you, you look at, I don't know, one of the best things about being in yield is I'm not looking at the weather every two minutes. Like it was ridiculous. Like you look through your history on your phone, it's like different weather sites the whole time. And I don't know why, but you always look at the most positive one and that's the one you follow rather than, yeah. And it's, and it was, yeah, I don't know, just looking, looking for an industry that we're not relying on the weather every day was, it was good. And, um, cause it yeah. is tough. I think coming from the city, I kind of had this romantic view of lush green country life coming yeah. up here and visiting and then stuff kind of got real when the paddocks looked like Mars and we've gone from drought yeah. to like a mouse plague. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. There's always yeah. a challenge. It, se- it seems a bit there. biblical at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when is the mouse plague going to end? <laughs> when the flood hits. <laughs> when the flood oh, and I Is that right? Is yeah. it going to end when the flood hits? Oh, yeah, God. this might be the start of it. So what is that emotional attachment that makes a farmer just think, I'm going to get up and go to work it, the next day despite all it? these elements that are Look, against them? I think the highs just outweigh the lows at the end of the day. And I think um, farmers are kind of eternally optimistic. And, you know, and I think if you really, like, you love your job, it doesn't feel like work. But um, I guess that, that's the big thing. People, people are waiting, yeah, waiting, waiting for the good to come. And it, it feels like we're nearly there. Let's hope, fingers crossed. Do you hope that down now we have had some rain? I'm very careful not to say the drought has broken. Now there's been some rain and there was a harvest and the buzz that was around is really exciting. Do you think you could ever get to a point where you can be Farmer Dave and Barista Dave? That That is our chat at the moment, yep. So hopefully within the next six months there's a bit of a transition, not walking away from yield. I love yield, I love what it is, but um, having a balance and that's what yield was for. It was for a balance in the job. It was to, to do a bit of both and, um, yeah, having that income. So if we do have another drought, at least we can, we can go to something else. Got a backup plan. Got a backup plan. Yeah. yeah. And I think every small farmer needs one. Yeah, he gets good advice. Mm. It's great advice. I think. Yeah. Look, it's a pretty gutsy move, I think, from mm. farming to um, you were literally like handling faber beans and next minute you're grinding coffee beans. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's not many farmers I know, Dave, that would transition 
into a cafe. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking of my husband, Fridge. Can you imagine him behind the- I could, I could imagine his chat would be abs- <laughs> brilliant, Fridge. I could imagine him. No, but I, I know what you mean. And- it's inspiring. And, and what gave you the courage to give something like Look, that a go? I couldn't have imagined myself doing it to tell you the truth, Katie. Like it was something that I guess it was what we saw what was happening to the farms and it was the fear of it happening to what we're built over the last nine or ten years to marvel because we're so so proud of what kind of we're built and we didn't want that to the drought to affect that um yeah we we just wanted to drought proof marvel and that was the big thing we looked at we worked so hard in this business for for so long and, and we wanted it to survive so i think i think that was it you just um you put everything else aside, I think, and you think about you know what you've created and and you want to keep it going. You know, we thought, why don't we why don't we do this now? Because there's you know it's it's dry. There's nothing really going on on the farm, and um, even though I'd be completely out of my depth, I thought, give it a go. You know, what what is there to lose? Yeah, and um, that's great. Yeah. We did have the perfect space out the back of Marvel. Yes, so it was quite easy to convert that into yield. Yeah, and what better person to do it than Dave. He's the happiest guy I know. And I think that's perfect. Like he gets up early in the morning and the guys that come in, like he's happy and you've got to have that person there. Yeah, definitely a morning. Yeah, I love my mornings. Some people aren't so happy, but when they leave, they are really happy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of chat. That's probably the thing I get get criticised most about is my efficiency because I talk too much, (laughs) which is tough. But, uh, yeah, I love it. You see a lot of um, different people coming through with, I guess, everything going on. So you're meeting people from everywhere. It's great. Yeah, so... Anyway, but, yeah, sometimes I exhaust myself. I don't know how other people go with it, but, yeah. So when he comes home to me, there's, like, no chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that. No, no. No, no, kids take up that that time. Sorry, Marty. Tell me, are you pretty impressed with how Davo settled in to barista life? Yes, I'm so impressed. And people love coming in just to see Dave. Like, it's actually... I don't know about that, it's, but thanks, Mark. They yes. do. They do yeah. love. And I am super proud. I think he's the model barista. <laughs> I don't have um, sleeve tats or, no, or a man bun. I wouldn't call me the model style. barista. I, <laughs> I don't know. He's, maybe maybe he's, that's to come next episode. Yeah, he's, he's great. I can't believe how his customer service is outrageous like he can sell ice to an Eskimo like I think maybe I'm not trying to sell things I probably should maybe that's why it's good yeah I'm just there to chat really yeah the best yeti dealer in town yeah I'm pretty proud of my yeti that's one I think the whole Watson family whether they liked it or not got yeti for Christmas well I love quality products and there's a lot of quality behind that yeah he's he's pretty good at in yield and I think everyone loves coming and seeing Dave and and having a chat and getting coffees made by him. I've got to admit, I was, I don't think I've been as nervous before, like going from a farm to pouring the first coffee I've ever poured for a customer. But, but um, it was funny, like after, you know, after it all happened, the drought kind of pushed us through. And then was it six months after we opened, probably COVID hit. And we're like, Jesus, this drought is just following us. Like you can't catch a break. And we had to shut down the coffee shop and we're like, yeah, oh we wow! Shut for a month yeah. during COVID. Right. What are we going to do? Oh. What are we going to do next? But um, look, it's it's battlers. it's been good since. It's been like after COVID, people are 
not going overseas and they're, they're realising what we've got in Australia and they're, they're travelling bush, like Lightning Ridge is meant to be packed at the moment. While getting, like, it's so good. you're seeing the effects of regional tourism? 100%. Nev- yeah, it's, it's huge. I, I think it's going to keep going even post-COVID. I think people are realising, geez, look what we've got in Australia. And you couldn't get a better time to travel here now. It, it, things are green, um, great little time for tourism in Narrabri. If people are thinking of moving here, it'd be a great time to come and have a look at it. Oh, it's magic. The resilience, I guess, of country people, which is always just blows me away and I don't know why it should surprise me. But I guess as a couple, as you said, you've just had the drought and then COVID. Yeah. Was there a moment where you guys finally felt like, yeah, we've got this, we've made the right decision? Because you were being just thrown all these different challenges all the time. I don't know if we ever felt that. Did we? I, Confident? I'm not sure. I no, I it, it kind of just grew into what it was. Like we were a little bit shocked as well because we're like, we just wanted it to be a small little coffee bar at the back and the business kind of outgrew itself at one stage and that's what probably shocked us at first because we went from two employees to having five on some days and that was it. We're like, it was getting busier and busier and just kind of growing organically and I think that was the big thing when we were looking at the staff numbers and we're constantly looking for staff and that was a big thing with hospitality too, like your staff numbers are crazy and that's one of your biggest battles is finding people in the bush and finding people, like it's great when uni's finished, you've got all these people on hand but, but um, you know, in Marty's retail stores in, in Marvel, you've got your, your girls out the front and, and they're there, they're fine. But they're in, so fabulous. I'm so lucky, yeah. yeah. All, we're lucky with all the stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's just a constant juggle. That's one of the big things that has been tough. It's a bit like, I guess, getting backpackers for the bigger farm. It's like trying to juggle them, especially post-COVID. Like, that's been tough for a lot of people. And, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit the same. But um, I hear we're getting a lot more people in the town over the next decade, if you speak to the councillors. <laughs> so expect some population growth in Narrabri. Some of your gossip. We should be fine. Yes. You're a country girl too, Marty. Yeah. What do you love about... Um, grow, what did you love about growing up on a farm? But also, I mean, now I know you and the girls, your two girls go out to Spring Plains yeah. quite a bit and spend yeah. time with their grandparents and uncles. What what do they love? What What is it about farming or the lifestyle of being in the country? Oh, it's just the open spaces. Like my girls are so busy and the animals, they love all the animals out there on the farm, just all those things that we can't have in town. Um, but me growing up on the farm, like with my, my family and my sisters and brother, like it was, it was really so much fun and we were into horses. So we were riding horses around the paddocks all the time. Are you still a horse person? Oh, look, I don't, I don't have any horses. I've got no space. You've got a saddle, but let's. (laughs) Yeah. So I bought Evie. I've got her decked out. We just need a horse. (laughs) (laughs) She's bought everything else but the horse. Oh, my gosh. But we will one day. I will be at pony camp. She'll be at pony camp. All my best friends went to pony camp too. So I think it's, you know, and they're still my best friends. So I think that's just so special. We had so much fun. And, yeah, we we did a lot of horsey stuff. We travelled a lot to Sydney, (laughs) to Melbourne. We travelled a lot. Yeah, we went Mm. to a lot of the Royals and to Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra. Yeah, Mm. so. Do you have um, ribbons? I've, I've got a few ribbons, Ali. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, it was heaps of fun. I did it with my sister and there is like there is something special about being on the farm. And, I mean, I'd love that for my kids, but we're in town pretty solid. <laughs> it's, you know, we're just over the bridge from from the shop. So it is 
it is quite perfect at the moment. But, You've got um, a good balance. We do, and we can town. always we can always take the girls out to the farm. So that's yeah, that's a nice thing to have. Yeah, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Because you do have a shop in Gunnedah. Yeah. Also Narrabri, plus online. Mm. And she's my boss as well. Well, that's not. Oh, my God. <laughs> he We didn't have that as yeah. a question, yeah. but that's a good one. Who's yeah. the boss? Yeah. Totally me. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, Marty worked in Yield for one day and we had to just decide I was the boss because it was the first day and it didn't go down well after it. She oh, listened to me all day when we got true. home. <laughs> she just said, right, we're home now, no, mate. I you know who's in charge. Yeah, she did. She was good. <laughs> Are you competitive mm. with you oh, and Marvel? so competitive, yes. And it's a, it's game on. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a healthy competition, but we're not, yeah. <laughs> There's no it. prizes or anything mm. at the end of the day, but yeah. It's, yeah. No, there should be, though. There should be. <laughs> How did you come up with the names Marvel and Yield? So um, when I was making my jewellery, it was always Marvel Designs. Ridiculous, yeah. And we struggled coming up with a name that wasn't already taken because when you do the ABN search, it was really hard, wasn't it? We came up with the most ridiculous names. So it sort of just stuck with that. And then... So Marvel and Martina Vaux, which is Marty's name, um... Still Marty's name because she hasn't changed it to Oh, Boyle. that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> On Facebook. That's feel like the main counselling session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the couch with Katie and Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> and yield, um, yields the extraction you get out of a coffee and um, definitely related to farming too. So we wanted a bit of a, a cross-reference there. And, um, That's great. Simple, short, yeah. Buy from the bush. I guess, is known for having a fabulous impact on regional businesses and what they've done. How did Buy From The Bush help you? Look, we were featured um, and I just wish the product that we had, we had more of it because it was incredible. And what it brought to our online business was so amazing. We were really lucky. Um, So, yeah, but if we had like hundreds of that particular product, I mean... Wow. I, I guess that's how big the impact was. The impact like, is – it is incredible. So mm. what it's done for all these these country businesses is just amazing. How mm. cool. Yeah. No, it's pretty special. And I don't think anyone really expected it. I remember when it first floated, it was um, it was just about the Central West, wasn't it? Can you remember that? Yeah. And it had like a, a little map a little saying, map, support yeah. these. Yeah. And then um, I think it just got bigger and bigger than they expected. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was. We we're like, oh, I hope we can get on on this. I remember thinking I know, that. Yeah. yeah, and I was like tagging, tagging yeah. everything. And then, like one day, I saw the dress that we were selling. It was up, and I was like, oh my god! And it was gone within seconds. Like, but I was trying to call the company to get more of this dress, and I got more. And Grace wore it on the front cover of um, maybe the Downtown Magazine. Oh, I've seen it. The spotty yeah, one. Yeah. Yes. So um, her husband called up, and he organised and bought it, and I was like, oh. Amazing, totally. Oh, it's so given good. us a platform to compete with people in the city too. Like it's really it um, is. I think the country's really competitive now, and I think people are coming, like mm. looking and and seeing all these amazing businesses that are out here in the bush. We really do have everything that you want in the city. So COVID's been a huge thing for for country businesses, um, for pubs, for retail. We've got um, on our point of sales, it can tell you returning customers, new customers, and stuff like that. And 40% now, uh, new customers just travelling through the town. There's people who realise, you know, they don't have to be at home and work. Let's get on the road and go for a trip. 
But um, buy from the bush was nothing could really compete with the impact it had on our business. I think it was, um, and and the recognition country got for for going through what we've been and still being afloat. A lot of the resilience of country people. I think you know we're. I guess you look at COVID. It's been around for for a year now, and there's been a lot of businesses closed down for no income. Well, we've had a drought for for a decade now, and and we've battled through it from. And it's most of it's the support of country people. Like I'm not comparing us at all. They're two completely different things, but but um, I think it just shows the support from regional areas and um, and it's how people get behind you when you do do something like when we set up. You we were worried, but we knew we knew it was going to work just from from friends, family, and and the and the town folk. That if you do something in the bush, everyone jumps on board. That's that's what we love about living here too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone's mm. just so supportive out here. Yeah. But it was a massive gamble setting up yeah. yield. Come yeah, on, from be a farmer, I had no idea. That's in right. In the middle of a drought. Yeah, in the like, middle of a drought. Well, it was. Yeah. It was huge. It like, was huge. surely people have a couple of dollars to spend yeah. on coffee, right? <laughs> but the gamble's paid off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think definitely. Like, people will walk in to buy a coffee and accidentally walk out with a dress. So that mm. was that, yeah. <laughs> that was the point. Guilty. Of the, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. some think, of the husbands hate us around town. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Did buy from the bush make you think differently about social media and how you used it? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I really. And that is my downfall. I really need to step it up with my social media and just having enough time. You know, when I get into the shop, it's just like go, go, go. And having that time to try and find a stage a picture or find someone that will model for me. And it's great how you can network through Buy From The Bush as well. So there's businesses we've found on Buy From The Bush like Instagram, People who can help you with that through buy from the bush yeah, and um, and brands because what we do in in Yield and, and Marble we want to represent the regional areas and what people produce and there's things we're picked up from by the from the bush that we've stocked in our shop now and I think that's important to mention as well that um, that it has helped you network between businesses in the country and that and that networking really wasn't there before it's we're in it together yeah, and yeah. Um, and you're pumping each other's businesses up regionally I think it's great that is cool. Tell me a little bit about the the local and regional providers that we have in our area. And I know recently you guys have started your Yield Market Day. Yep, yep, um, yep. Featuring local products and produce. And give mm. us an insight into that and how important it is for you guys. Well, part of the inspiration behind Yield was um, to represent or showcase what we've got locally. It's amazing the amount of producers we have here. So we've got we use Reverend Sour, Sourdough. They own the whole grain milling group. It's like a, a small mill in Gunnedah and they produce most of the boutique bakeries in Australia. So they do Sonoma's bread. They do bread and butter in Tasmania. They do all these boutique bakeries that, and no one really knows they exist regionally here. And all from so Gunnedah. All from Gunnedah. So um, Renee, Renee Neal and Craig Neal it is, um, Renee's bought a house in Gunnedah and decked it out with ovens and she pumps out sourdough loaves and um, – we're her Narrabri stockist. She's got a Tamworth, a willow tree, and um, yeah, and she sends it out regionally. And it's brilliant to have great sourdough, best sourdough in Australia. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we can get it here in Narrabri. I think that's pretty important. And all all the the milling, all the grain that went into it is produced between Gunnedah and Walgett. So everything's local about this bread, and um, that's sent across Australia. That flour. So I think it's that was one of the big things we got onto early. I'm like, no one knows about this girl. Let's get it out there. Let's show what it, what's here. And um, 
Then there's a few other things. So we, we don't really have a cook in yield. That was part of our other model. We wanted to to get local people cooking for us because there's a lot of talent here. So, um, yeah, we, we, we do a small menu with a sourdough and a couple of other things. Um, it's a very light meals and um, we're more about the coffee and the produce and then we get people to cook for us locally. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a little shop to, to showcase what we've got here regionally. Yeah. Are you both foodies? Oh, Dave, we love food. <laughs> look, my Dave's family's total foodies. You you love it. Yeah. I grew up with you know ramen cake. <laughs> oh my god! I shouldn't have given that secret away. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're very basic, you know. Um, but um, Dave has definitely opened my eyes up to you know food and all the beautiful yeah the produce that we do have locally. So he does design a lot of the menu and because you went searching for the right coffee. Oh yeah, yeah we we yeah. went through a lot and we I've always loved yeah, my coffee. Um so yeah, we wanted to get the best. Well, like if we're going to do this, we're getting the best. And yeah. it, it it was good too because a lot of um I don't know how many different people we spoke to about oh, coffee and how many coffees we tried. We were we're in coffee heaven yeah. for for the first couple of months <laughs> before we opened you but Singalo the company we worked through they I called, called him up and the next day he was there from Sydney to come and see us and he was just a legend. Yeah. And like, the service. Yeah, was... his coffee's epic as well. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, big reason why we went with them. I'm drinking it right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Single very light. good. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you, when you were talking about your new barista life, you said you, that you thought it might be a bit like Smoko. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's definitely – I think that's why I got in trouble. I think I like I definitely was like Smoko for the first couple of weeks. I was just talking the whole time. And um, and one of the girls, G, my brother's partner actually, who, who came on board with us early on. We love um, G. She's, yep, she's left us now and she was great because she's been in the hospitality. She knew it. And that took a lot of the nerves away at the start. But she's like, Dave, you're not here to talk, mate. Come get one. And she kept me going. And it, and it really educated me on what you needed to do and when it was okay to talk and when it was okay not to talk. And, and yeah, but I, I remember I was a good dish hog for the first two weeks. That was my job. <laughs> I had to ask. Uh, he knew his place. Yeah. When did you get upgraded? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, when did I get upgraded? Um, I'm going to say probably two months into it. They might have trusted me on the machine. And, then, uh, <laughs> and I thought I was a barista, but I had really – no idea. Like there's so many things that goes into coffee. Like we weigh, weigh our shots. Like everything's kind of calculated to the extraction and then the, the milk texturing and stuff like that. There were so things, so many things to learn and that's what I did love about it. I love learning. I love the numbers behind the coffee and stuff like that. So, yeah, but now I love it. I love my lard. Like, you know, a bit of everything now. You yeah. can have Smoko and serve. That's right. Yeah, it's a balance. It's a tough balance, but I think I think we're there now. You spoke about it before about talking to people, and now it seems you love a chat. But yeah. going from a really isolated <laughs> job as a farmer, where you might not see that many people, to yep. being in yield every day, chewing the fat, having to be on. Yeah. What job is tougher? Look, God, <laughs> I think the hours on the farm. Um, that was probably the thing that was tough as about it because it takes you away from your family. We've got young kids and we live in Narrabah, so we're 40 minutes to the farm. And that was always in the back of my mind and that's been a great thing with Yield. It's that I get to see my family every day. I get to pick the kids up from daycare. Um, love that because I've always missed out on that. So if there, if there is a, probably the biggest shining light out of everything or silver lining of um, leaving in the farm for the interim was getting to see my family more. So that was the toughest thing about the farm. 
you know, when you're on, you're on. You have to stay nights out there when you're irrigating, harvesting. So sometimes you're away from your family a lot. And it, and it did battle because Marty, let's be honest, Marty's been the breadwinner <laughs> since day dot. Go, and, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's what we'll say about that. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, can you please say that because that is the first yeah. time. And, um, and it's something I guess every farming family battles with because um, – Look, the wife's left to do all the hard jobs, let's be honest. And, um, yeah, so that was one great thing about, about being here, the hardest thing about the farm and the hardest thing about yields, yeah, was that transition. Like you're talking to people all day and I was getting home and I, I remember on the farm at the end, end of the day someone's like, oh, come around for the weekend. You're like, yeah, it's awesome. Let's go to so-and-so's place and have a few beers and a barbecue. And, and now it's like, oh, geez, I'm pretty cooked, mate. I, just want, <laughs> I, I saw, I've seen them in the shop all week. If you're tired, it's nice to have a day at home. But um, but yeah, I guess I guess it was battling just just chatting all day and being on your feet all day, and um, and it's very fast pace. I mean, a, a coffee shop, it's very fast pace. We're very different. I can't really <laughs> tell which one's harder because they're so different. <laughs> have you yeah. noticed that the juggle? Like I do wonder, Marty. You do so many things. How you juggle life? That's one question oh. in itself. But also, has it been nicer having Davo in town? Oh, it's been so nice. Like. Yeah, if I'm desperate and I need him to help me quickly do something, you know, there are times where he can quickly run across the bridge and help me with the kids or do, you know, do something like that. So it has been really good having him close mm. by. I remember I came home one time to um, take the kids to daycare quickly because Marty had to shoot off to Gunnedah and came back and I forgot her coffee, her free coffee from Yield that she gets and, oh, it wasn't good. It didn't I go down was, well. Yeah, I was probably <laughs> pretty filthy. Um, so that, yeah, there's plenty of perks <laughs> in it for Marty. There's lots of perks. So I do get regular free coffee. Good. And, um, but I do not know how to make a coffee. <laughs> She's oh. made sure of that. But and now you'll yeah. never need to. Yeah. Hopefully exactly. not. I'm really nervous that when he does go back to the farm, because <laughs> yeah. you're so nice, actually. Did you have to stop Davo giving away free coffees? I know. He just, like, gives them away for free. He's just so nice. You can't ask people for money. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed on the till for that later. <laughs> Stay on the coffee machine. Dish hog coffee yeah. machine. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> just make sure you get Dave when you order your coffee. Um, I, I want to know, Dave, I'm going to get you to spill the beans. Because you're saying a coffee shop's a, you're always talking, it's a great place for people to meet up. Yeah. You probably hear the town gossip. Oh, the town gossip. Before uh, <laughs> anybody else. Have you got any mm. good stories you can share? So I can share. like yeah. something gossip yeah. you've heard yeah. in town. Well, you like know it's the, the big difference, I reckon, like your farm gossip, it's like, um, oh, so-and-so down the road, they're selling up or oh, the old mate got sprayed out, we, you know, stuff yeah. like that. He's planted the wrong crop. Or, planted yeah. the wrong crop. It's or, pretty dull yeah. goss but, from but, the farms. Oh, yeah, not <laughs> dull. Mate, mate, yeah, it's, it's like cool. sport chat, mate, farming chat. She's like, oh, really? I don't really care. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, the cool. difference to coming to the coffee shop, so I get a bit of high school chat, like – Who's dating her? Which I'm struggling with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A bit of everything, um, but I only like spreading the good news. It's like anything that pumps our town up. Like Bunnings is coming to town. Pretty excited about that. It's like every bloke's dream in the country. We're getting a Bunnings. So anything like that that's going to boost boost the town. Yeah, I'm I'm all for and. 
I've probably spread a couple of furfies. I've got to be careful who I get the information from now because there's a lot of things that happen eventually. No, I, <laughs> so, <laughs> if any counsellor comes in, they get an ear bashing, but I'm like, okay, what's going on? What's going on here? Any DAs coming in? Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Marty, you've been an inspiration for regional retail for a number of years now. And I guess now I want you to spill the beans. Can you give me an insight into what's coming up? What's the new season styles and what what's coming up in Marvel in the next few months that we'll see? So, well, we're coming into winter, so we're going to be having, um, you know, it's not going to be the usual dull winter colours. There's lots of pops of colour still coming through, which is exciting. We all love a little bit of colour. And it's still like every fashion label out there now has got an element of leisure wear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone's hanging at home a little bit more. So that's the so post-COVID effect. It is, it is. Like they've all like I can't every single one of my brands, whether it was like, you know, your high fashion, they're doing like active wear or they're doing tracky pants. Yeah. So but in like a nice sort of way where you can wear down the street. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also um Marvel used to do its own cashmere range. So um we sort of had a little break. When we had kids, there was a little bit going on. And we used to stock it into stores all over Australia and New Zealand. Um, we needed to pull away from that. And I've just ramped it up again and we're going to be bringing it out this winter. So oh, I'm cool. pretty excited. We're just It's just going to be exclusive to the Marvel stores. And, yeah, we're going to be having a little bit of cashmere and linen and cotton, so some cute little dresses and um, leatherwear, yeah. Oh, lovely. So accessories and I yeah, so pretty well, excited about that. Exclusive. <laughs> I for know, our a little sneak peek How everyone. Good. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um so yeah, stay tuned. And how muddy does your we spoke about Ali mentioned before you're so stylish. Oh. How does your style impact <laughs> on your buying? Um, look, it is hard because you do have to cater for so many different ages out here. Yeah. Do I you mean, have do you have a local in mind when you're when oh, you're on your buying trips? Absolutely. Like I think of you, Kato, and I think of, <laughs> you know, you Ali, like in the dresses that you girls wear. But I do have specific customers, yeah, that I'm always thinking of. But you've also got to think of ages. Like I've got, you know, as young as they get and we know like what they like to wear these days. <laughs> it's gotta be tight or you go like more our style, which is yeah. What is our style? What is it? It's like, are we still cool? Pretty. I think we like pretty dresses. I feel like my style is anything I can breastfeed in. Oh, Katie, you look beautiful. Daggy mum. All the time. You always look amazing. Yeah, absolutely. With activewear sales going through the roof during COVID. Tell me about that. So we got this brand in, it's called Pea Nation, and it was out of control. Like I was constantly calling them for more stock on hand. And I couldn't get enough of it. So I think a lot of brands have taken on after that and they're all trying to do their own spin on it. But um, we had a pair of pants. It's called the Weekender Pant, super comfy. I way, way over-ordered on them the season before COVID. And I was like, what am I going to do with all these pants? Anyway, they were online and all of a sudden they just kept going and going online. I was like what so we just had to keep buying more and more of the weekender pant because it was just people were buying them in every single color so they came in like four colors yeah wow. every day became a weekend it was a weekend <laughs> every day 
now that people are emerging from COVID. Yes. We were talking about before, I fear that the skinny jean trend is maybe over, but there's also, do they call it loungewear, whereas it's, this makes me sound archaic, <laughs> but where the top matches the bottom, pretty much like pyjamas. It's <laughs> like a COVID yeah. hangover because we just want to be yeah, in our pyjamas. about that. Yes. What's going on so, with the pyjama look? I'm against the pyjama look. I've seen it. No fair. <laughs> anyway. David, it's Marty's turn. I'm talking. I thought I was good. When's my fashion segment coming up? I know. And then Dave comes home and like, quick, get the get the pyjamas off. Well, no. I'm kind of keen to fall for the loungewear pyjama thing, but I'm um, just not sure if I walk down the street and now arrive, people would think I was in my pyjamas. What well, do you think? Well, they're doing like linen shirt tops and the linen shorts. So you can wear them to bed or you can just wear them around home or down the street all day. But, no, look, I'm with you, Ali. I still like to, like, you know, Evie, my daughter, always says, Mummy, I wore this to bed. I can't wear this to school. Oh, really? <laughs> See, Evie's cool. So She's Evie's cool. I know. We, we need to – Um, I think we need to get out of <laughs> It used to be the transition from, like, work to dinner or, you know, throw high heels on. Now it's, yeah. like, roll out of bed to the street. Like. And that's what they're sort of advertising now. So the clothing, like, you can go from work to dinner, from – Lounge where you know you know yes, it's all getting casual, just casual all around. You yeah. can dress it up with a bit of bling or love a bit of bling. Yeah, I think I'm p- quite partial to it. Maybe, <laughs> um, Davo. Sorry, we'll bring you in. Yeah. You can also give us your fashion oh, advice. Sorry. He's no. always giving me his fashion advice. He's so fashionable. Is that, is that how you credit your, look, your style to? Completely not. No, 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 no. Oh, we have like the six wardrobe changes when we're going to dinner. Oh, that's, that's my advice. If I don't say anything, I'm in trouble. So like, she'll ask me, should I buy this? I'm like, I'm the wrong person to ask. God, send one of your friends a message. <laughs> is that what you say in the shop? <laughs> no. I'm the wrong person. <laughs> well, I had to step in at Marvel one time. Muddy. Muddy gets migraines and um, had a pretty bad migraine one morning. She's like, Dave, I cannot open the shop. So I didn't wear one morning and this was before Yield and had to open Marvel for her on a Sunday morning. Oh, when you were Farmer Dave still? Yeah, 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 back in back in the farming <laughs> days. And, um, yeah, I opened up for an hour, I think, before one of the other girls had to come in. Did you get all dressed up? Honestly, it felt like a bad dream now, but I cannot remember. <laughs> and I was hopeless. Sorry, mate, I made no sales in there for you that day. I was about to ask, did you make any sales? <laughs> I didn't even know how to use the bloody... What do you call it? The F pots thing. <laughs> you need to stick <laughs> the to the Eddie yeah. That's where you yeah. start. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Wool sport in Narrabri. Is it true that we're the sportiest town? 100% correct. There's no arguing that either. We are the sportiest town in Australia. Tell me about sport in Narrabri and the Blue Boars. Look, I think sport in Narrabri was first started for people to socially catch up. Like, Narrabri was, you know, like everything in Australia, was built on the sheep's back a bit. So spring plains, all farming out there, all sheep and everywhere. And it was a place where people went, caught up, had a beer and played a bit of footy or, or whatever it was. And and that was, it was our social life back then. It was the way of getting in after, you know, after a hard week and getting blowing off a bit of steam. And um, it's funny, I really don't think it's changed that much. <laughs> it's, still, it's still, that's what it is, especially with um with the rugby union, which is, which is what, what I've been a part of. Um, it's amazing how far people will travel. I know we have blokes from, from just this side of Walgett travelling in an hour and a half, two hours just to get to football training to, you know, to be part of, part of something and, um, yeah, have that camaraderie with a few mates. And um, I guess that's what, what started it off and, um, back in the day, but there is a lot of people that have come out, come out of it. We've had um, tennis, we've had Jason Stoltenberg, we've had 
Chris Latham, Michael Brawl, we've had Jamie Lyon, Moody, a lot of league players, Georgie Rose. There's been been a lot of talent come out of the Jamie Lyon was the wee warp. He was the wee warp gun. Rugby league star. Rugby league, That yeah. came back to his country town to, to play. To win the premiership. Yeah, it's a bit of a – they should do a movie on that. Or write they a book should. Or There's a photo up at the Imperial. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because sport is what you just said. I guess the lifeblood of so many country towns. If we're not on the field playing, we're cheering on the sidelines – but we're also pretty proud of our local sporting heroes. It's so funny. Like if you're from the city and someone's from your suburb, they don't get a mention. But if you're from the bush and someone's from Narrabri, he's ours. Do you know what I mean? We <laughs> own them. It's part of our town. But you hold on to those yeah, icons. we hold on. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think that's it. You're so proud of what you do because you know they're from the big smoke. They've got heaps of people coming out of there, and we're we're from Narrabri. Yeah. So it's it's pretty important. Like how proud of you are about your region and I think that's why they get pumped up so much regionally because they're, you know, they're our own, I guess, out here, yeah. We had the Tars and the Reds here. I yeah. mean, that was pretty good. They played a game the other weekend. Yeah, yeah. bad for us. I yeah, think. no, it's, it's pretty massive. I don't think there have been many other country towns that, that get to hang that on their, on their wall, but I'm it's... Um, the present we got. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is part of my... What was the present you got? Oh, so... Um, one of my best mates. I'm mates with all the Waratahs boys now. Oh. Yeah, now they've been coming <laughs> in the coffee shop. <laughs> but no, uh, after the week, uh, a bloke, one, of the, one of the guys um, gave me a, a little box and he's like, mate, thanks so much for keeping us caffeinated and having chats. We really enjoyed it through the week. And um, it was a signed Waratahs jersey. So we're getting it framed at the moment and getting hung up in yield. So, oh, wow. Yeah, had all the boys on it. But no, it was good. Good young blokes too, all of them. That is what made me feel how far out of rugby in any sport I am is how young they were. Oh, I think a couple of them just started showing. You should have seen the girls working at Yield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they were pretty stoked. Oh, my God. They couldn't take the coffees to them. <laughs> Davo, it is just so cool. In fact, you're chewing the fat with the Tars in Yield because you're yeah. making them coffee. It is yeah. so far from your farmer life. And I don't think as much as, as we said, farmers here, I think, are modern and are adaptable. Not many people would do what you've done. Can you sometimes just not believe it yourself? I, yourself? Oh, I can't, yeah. I never, if you told me I was going to be a barista five years ago, I would say you're kidding yourself. I think, yeah, I cannot. Sometimes I can't believe it. But um, I don't know, you, you do what you've got to do for, for your family and, and I have. It's shocked me how much I've enjoyed it. Like it is. It, it's um, you, you catch up, you speak to a lot of people, you meet a lot of people and everyone's happy that comes into a coffee shop. That's what I've <laughs> loved. Like everyone's, you know, pretty excited about getting a coffee and having a chat. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been humbling a little bit. Yeah, just got to um, work for my wife. It's been a bit tough, Matt. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but now I've enjoyed it. I've loved it. Yeah. You two are such goers. And as Dave said before, you know, you started Yield, you embarked on Yield when you were pregnant with your second baby. You've got two small toddlers. Like when, yeah. when do you guys get a chance to just take a breath? It's, it is tough, Katie. Like, and when we do go on holidays, it's hard because the phone just doesn't stop and there is constantly something to be doing. But Look, I, I love it. I'm so passionate about it. You like all. to be busy. I love it all. I love to be busy. I get so bored when I'm not. But, yeah, there is, like, a balance with our children and our friends and, and doing. Mm, yep. So does, has Marvel and Yield, I guess, um, are you looking for will there be more something else no. coming next? Like oh. have, they, no. have they kind of curbed the <laughs> entrepreneurial oh. 
Yeah. I think we're done. Or are you always we're on done. the lookout for I know. New, the new I, thing? No. No, we're done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump in there before I'm you get mad excited. Looking to retire. <laughs> when sometimes when I leave my house and it's just chaos, like, you know, it's there's a lot of juggling going on every single day and then getting to Gunnedah and doing what I have to do over there and then quickly getting home to the kids. Mm. It is it is a lot. But, I mean, everyone's so busy yeah. these days. I don't think we're the only ones and I mm. I don't know how we would live if we weren't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think know. it's amazing. But I think I, you're very inspirational how done. you handle it. <laughs> if we had um if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me to open yield up in Gunnada, um, yeah, I could retire. But it's not gonna happen. That's exciting. No. But I guess if you go back to farming as well as yield, that's another double workload in the mix. Yeah, yeah. And, and geez, you have some balance in your life then, which, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah, <laughs> jumping between pouring coffees and tractor driving. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think um, farming is still my passion. I love I love pouring coffees and, and chatting and um, and what we've set up. But that was, you know, it, it was a business decision to um, to keep going from what we've done. So, yeah, I am I am looking forward to getting back to the farm one day. But um, yeah, yields yields not going to stop. So in the final segment, we've uh, we're asking all of our guests if you're sending a postcard from the Narrabri region, what photo would you put on the front? Something that represents our region. I think you can't just pinpoint one thing in Narrabri because there's too many amazing things. I think you need like a bird. Bird's eye view of like, you know, the town and the region around it and caption, <laughs> small but big. Mm. Yes. Marty, you might get a job with the council of tourism here. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great answer. Yeah. Um, mm, oh, look, any bit of free marketing or publicity, I'd put Yield and Marvel right on that postcard. Mm. Best coffee in yeah, the northwest. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your tip? Inside a tip for locals? Inside a tip. Or maybe on your aerial map I'll just dot. Dot. Put a little dot coffee on here. Yeah. yeah. Coffee, coffee and here. awesome here. <laughs> what do you both love about living here? Look, it's funny. It's a weird little topography now, right? Like we've got the flattest country you've ever seen and then we've got Capitar Rangers in the back and – think it's something special like when you when you go far enough west and west and west when you don't have those hills to look at it's something special about looking at those mountains and it's the people but i love the most it's the topography the people the climate i love the the hot weather water skiing there's there's so much to do here the fresh air one trip to sydney reminds me of how special we are (laughs) sorry city people listening to this but it is beautiful city too but yeah it's the people that bring you back Everywhere. I think the further further west you go, just the the nicer and the chattier the people are and it's a special place to live, Narrabri. I love it. For my kids, um, having the river just down from where we live and going for those beautiful walks, um, being close to the farm and just being able to jump in the car and go for a little trip. Going up to mm. Capita, my girls love going for walks up there. Like they love exploring. Um, oh, we got into trouble last time we went up there actually, didn't we? Um, Evie. We were looking for the pink slug mm. and we saw the ranges and stuff and they were explaining to Evie about this pink slug and, and we were going to find one and there was a little millipede walking along and Evie just jumped on it and trod on it. And the ranger's like, I hope you don't find pink slug, guys. <laughs> Did you find the pink slug? No. Oh, luckily. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. Okay. No. But I love it. I love living here and especially all my awesome friends, which in my balance would love to see more. <laughs> 
it's nice. <laughs> thank you, guys, and thank you for your patience with the yes. roadworks and the stopping and the starting. And doing round two, fitting us in. Yeah, thanks for having us on, girls. Very, very honoured. Thank you. Yeah, so honoured. Let's hope it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Round three. Pour a few coffees. You should have done it with rum and cokes. That's God, what I, I thought. We're not, when you said let's do a toast, I'm like, wait, this is so good. Thank you for tuning in to today's Bush Wanderlust podcast. If you enjoyed listening to the delightful Marty and Dave O'Boyle from Marvel Designs and Yield, please share with a friend, leave a comment or check us out on social media under Bush Wanderlust Podcast. Hope to catch you next time.